Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode 38 of Believe in Betting LA. We have a special guest coming on a little bit later, Ray Flowers of Sirius XM, co-host of a sports radio show there. He is uh, chairman of the Baseball Guys. So he's, we're going to talk some baseball with Ray. He also covers football, so we're going to talk about what it's going to be like, Chris, seeing Tom Brady in Buccaneers Orange and Red. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Again, I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. You can find me on Twitter at smaxwell713. We're recording Friday, March 20th, so we're still in the midst of the coronavirus quarantine that's gotten a lot more serious over the last 24 hours with Gavin Newsom uh, and Mayor Eric Garcetti basically shutting things down and forcing you to stay at home. So please do so if you can. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris Lewert. You can find him on Twitter, as always, at Rock. Of Stag Capital. And again, this is Bleeding Benning LA, episode 38. How are you doing on this fine Friday afternoon, Chris? I'm doing pretty well. I wonder if the Bucks are going to change their uniforms. I just feel like we're stuck a little bit yeah. in the I, late 90s. Right. I heard that. Little I heard late the, 90s with those. You know, I don't know. Uh, like the Reds when they won the championship in 2002. Those are pretty nice, right? With yeah. the, the kind of like beigeish, brownish helmets that John Lynch and Warren Sapp made famous. Yeah, straight straight red with the beige, not bad. Obviously, we yeah. can't go back to the sherbet, right? Like that's not. That would be cool though, like kind of just flipping things around from the yucks to the Tom Brady Bucks. You know, that'd be awesome. Oh, there you go. Look, look at that. Look, look at how far we've come. Uh, so yeah, that that's going to be certainly very very weird uh, to see. And, and uh, as we mentioned, a special treat today, a guest we're going to have on is Ray Flowers. We'll have him on uh, in a little. Some administrative stuff here before we get going. We are available wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes, of course, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart, and more. And you can find us in all of the other great Believe podcasts. We were talking about this before the show, Chris, that there is a, a lot of uh, a lot of we have a lot of neighbors these days in the sports betting and sports world on Believe Podcast. You can find all of those great podcasts at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-B.com, and at Believe Podcast. And of course, you can find us on Twitter. Myself, S Maxwell713. Chris is Lou Mandingo Rock. Stack Capital is at Stag Cap. All right, so we're at what, day nine or day ten of no live sports, Chris? Well, we actually determined that you can still bet on Turkish soccer and Brazilian soccer. So there are some things out there, but you know, certainly neither one of us. We'll claim to be an expert there, but we're gonna we're gonna try to brush up on that. And if this lasts longer, we are gonna be the foremost experts <laughs> on the podcast network uh, in betting uh, Turkish and Brazilian league soccer. We are on officially day two of the uh, the new calendar year for NFL. Of course, you know throughout the week, people have been signing and making trades. It was not official till yesterday at 1 p.m. Pacific time, and so now we are in the new league year. For the NFL, and the NFL announced, Chris, that they're going to likely keep the draft next month. They just will not have any fans. So business as usual in the NFL. Uh, Todd Gurley was cut yesterday by the Rams. He just signed this morning, as our guest Ray mentioned, with the Atlanta Falcons. So he is a nice homecoming for Gurley, who played collegiate football at the University of Georgia. So a much different Rams offense next year, Chris. We talked about this in the last episode. When you have over 25% of your entire cap on both a running back and a quarterback, Jared Goff this year has a $94 million dead cap. Uh, he got a roster bonus yesterday, and, and you know certainly the rookie discount for Jared Goff is long over. It's difficult to build a roster on those two people. 
Todd Gurley was unfortunately one of the victims of the salary cap uh, needy Rams. So just give me your thoughts here on the Rams. They were in a Super Bowl 13 months ago. Actually, less than, yeah, 13 months ago exactly. They couldn't move the ball against the Patriots, and they are a much different look team for next season. What are your quick thoughts here on the early offseason returns for the Los Angeles Rams? I think they took their shot and their their window. I think they would have liked to have had that window be another year. You got to a Super Bowl, um, didn't necessarily perform all that well in it, but you know it was what it was, right? I think they knew that they were putting all their chips on the table for one to three years, and that's basically what happened. But just you know, we talked about it last time. It's just way, way too much money between Goff and Gurley. Um, and it's easier to replace a running back than it is a quarterback. And again, I'm still not sure Gurley is healthy. I think something's wrong with him. Yeah, it'll be interesting. They, they signed a one-year deal with the Falcons. A really great signing, I think, for the Falcons. He's going to be a nice value in fantasy drafts. That Falcons offense has always been high octane with both Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. I saw, I saw a funny tweet earlier today that the Falcons were somehow able to get Todd Gurley without trading Julio Jones. So Bill O'Brien... Take notes. <laughs> you don't have to trade an all-pro receiver in their prime to get an overpaid running back like the Texans did. So the Rams also cut hometown here Clay Matthews, the former Trojan. They did not. Uh, they announced the rights of Nicole Roby Coleman. Uh, Corey Littleton signed elsewhere. So this team as a whole will look a lot different. Uh, it's going to be a much, much different team moving forward. The Chargers, on the other hand, Chris, are having a nice offseason so far. They acquired Linval Joseph, the defensive tackle formerly of the Vikings. They signed one of the best corners in all of football, Chris Harris Jr., who was an all-pro four different times with the Denver Broncos for its Super Bowl champion the 2015 season. That is a nice pickup for them. This Chargers defense, Chris, looks yep. dangerous. Nasty. You got Joey Nasty. Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Casey Hayward. Now, of course, Chris Harris Jr., uh, this is you got Derwin James coming back, I and mean, this is a nasty defense. This is going to be a team, uh, you know. Obviously, with the, they they did not get Tom Brady. They announced that they are content with Tyrod Taylor. They're going to want to run the ball, control the line of scrimmage, wear you down, play good defense, and wear that clock out. This is sometimes the recipe for a very successful team. We know the Chiefs, of course, defending Super Bowl champions are the class of this division. Both the Broncos and Raiders are currently rebuilding, but we'll see about them this upcoming season. What are your thoughts here on the charge? They look like they could be a team that could certainly uh, compete for this division crown. I definitely like the idea of zigging when the rest of the league is zagging, and it kind of feels like that's what the Chargers are doing. Run the ball, play defense. Uh, the Bears have tried to do that for years and years and years to some success one way or another. Uh, You're just but, a scored lover with the Bears. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't. I don't know. We Another podcast for me to talk about how much I loathe the Bears. Yeah. Um, but the, for the Chargers, I, I really hope the betting public ignores them because Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback. And I would just look forward to jumping all over them the first three weeks of the season because that defense yeah. is going to be automatic top three quarterback sacks, fumbles. You know, that turns be a into nasty defense. Know. They're going to be a, someone that I, I certainly target in fantasy drafts because, um, you know, they're not very, they're not really a sexy defense. I don't think people are going to be drafting them in the fifth, sixth, seventh round like they've done with defenses in the past. And uh, again, you know, this is way too early to talk about fantasy football, but. Never, ever, ever reach for a fantasy defense because they are so different from year to year. Uh, it, it just cannot be stated ever. The, the, the number one defense from the year before almost never is top five. And the number one overall defense is usually drafted outside of the top ten even. Two years ago, the Jags – you know, uh, sorry, three years ago, the Jags. Two years ago, the Bears. It changes so damn much. And so that's why you just can't uh, – you know, it's the same thing with quarterbacks. You just don't overdraft quarterbacks and you don't 
overdraft defense. But this Chargers defense certainly is going to be one to be reckoned with. So it, it'll be interesting. I think the Chargers, you know, given that this division is not uh, wide open, but you can certainly beat up on the, the bottom two teams in the Broncos and the Raiders, at least as of now, like what the Broncos have done. Uh, overall in the offseason, and I think they could definitely compete for a wild card next year, and I don't think they're going to compete for the division. So it really comes down to, I think, for the third straight year between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Well, it's been a fun NFL offseason so far. It'll continue as we go. Again, we're recording this Friday, March 20th, day one of the new quarantine in the Los Angeles area, as is ordered by Mayor Eric Garcetti and Governor Gavin Newsom. So we really hope that you guys all are listening to our public officials. Please, please, please stay inside. Wash your hands. Don't do anything that you don't have to do outside of the house. You can still exercise. You can still walk. Uh, Dr. Fauci uh, mentioned that you know if you're walking, if you do anything outside, just just make sure you're not close to anyone. And so we really hope all of our listeners take that to heart. We're going to bring on our special guest, Ray Flowers, when we come back to talk about the baseball season, both fantasy betting and the season as a whole. But first, we want to talk about our first uh, our, our first sponsor here, and that is True Classic Tees. We're at home, Chris. We're doing laundry. If you're blessed enough to have in-unit laundry, which is rare in the Los Angeles area, it's easy for you to do laundry. If, if not, it's kind of difficult right now to do laundry. So we are excited about our new sponsor for the show, and that's True Classic Tees. Style is changing. Formal wear is out, once again, because you can't really wear anything formal if you're not leaving your house. And the T-shirt, Chris, and a comfortable T-shirt is in True Classic Tees are our favorite. It's based right here in Los Angeles. It's a T-shirt company that is on the rise. The T-shirts are soft. They hold up in the wash, and they are incredibly versatile. You can wear them out. You can wear them to work out. And, of course, as we mentioned, <laughs> as you'll be doing yourself a lot over the next several months, you can wear them around the house. And it sounds like, Chris, they're going to be moving on and doing a lot more in the future. The best part, Chris, is they are incredibly cheap and inexpensive t-shirts. They're only $15 now. You can get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com and use our promo code at checkout. Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. All right, and as promised, we have our guest today, Ray Flowers. He's the co-host of The Drive on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. That is Sirius 210 XM 87. That is Monday through Friday. Friday's a little bit of a different time, and it's primarily baseball, given, Ray, that your Twitter handle is the Baseball Guys. And it says here, you've been squirreled up away studying with the inner workings of the fantasy game to the detriment of your personal life, so you should be fitting right in during this month's quarantine. You're in the San Francisco Bay Area. And without further ado, let's welcome in our guest, Ray Flowers, how you doing today, Ray? Good, Sam and Chris. Thank you both for having me on. Yeah, I've, um, I've, I guess you could say I've been preparing my whole life for this. Um, <laughs> I've uh, spent far too many nights uh, missing out on parties and seeing friends uh, and eating top ramen and doing all that stuff till three in the morning. But I guess we've all been there at this point. Yeah, it sounds like you're, a, you're an older college student, which means you're living the life. So uh, it doesn't sound too bad to me. <laughs> yeah, it works, you know. It, yeah, it, it, at times it, it's nice to be able to to stay in your pajamas all day and drink a bottle of hooch if you want. Um, oh, but you know, there's something else to be said for being professional. Yes, ab- absolutely. Um, all right, awesome. Well, you live in South San Francisco, and our, our, I'm sure our, our listeners are very anxious to hear your baseball allegiances. We have we obviously cover betting as a whole, but this show is called Believe in Betting LA. Are you a San Francisco Giants fan? Uh, born and raised, yes. Um, actually, the first game I ever attended when I was five years old was back at the stick, a candlestick, okay. you know, years nice. ago. And I had my plastic Giants helmet on. I had my wristbands. I had my A2000 Wilson glove. And I was five and my brother was three. Uh-huh. And uh, we actually have a picture of that. The local newspaper, the San Mateo Times, actually took a picture of us on opening day there. 
I still have it. So um, from awesome. then on, I'm in, I've, I've had that forever. And the, the story also goes that the day I was born, my grandfather brought me a Giants cap to the hospital. So uh, I've been a Giants fan my whole life. Yeah, it sounds like you're certainly born and raised a Giants fan. Okay, awesome. Uh, but it's you know you're obviously part of the media, so you're not too biased. It doesn't sound like you, we won't hold that against you. Certainly not. Well, it's, it's uh, e- this year if you're biased for a Giants, you're in big trouble because they suck. <laughs> so yeah. right, right. Well, can't, can't keep that along. Yeah, you know the Dodgers have had a nice run here, but they haven't won a championship like the Giants did three different times a decade ago. Um, all right, so we discussed it. It's today's March twentieth. It's the first day, at least in Los Angeles, for the full quarantine. Rays been dealing with the quarantine for about a week now, so baseball is on the mind. Chris is also holed up. Uh, he's actually in his hometown of Chicago, where things are getting tricky there. Ray, everyone wants to know. None of us really have any idea. Certainly of what's going to happen, but let's put you in the spotlight here. Let's say you're the commissioner, you're Rob Manfred, given what we know now, what would be your solution to how we would handle this baseball season? It almost seems uh, certain that we're going to have a shortened season. Do you have an opinion on what should happen? Uh, you know, obviously we don't want to eating away at next season. We don't want a short off season. We need some sort of ramp up They're, They cancel the rest of spring training, but uh, what are your thoughts on how you would handle this, uh, this upcoming baseball season, given what we know right now, which is not a whole lot. Yeah. Every Tuesday on Sirius XM, we have uh, Steve Phillips, the former general manager on with us for two hours. And uh, he and I this week talked a lot about this and he said something that I didn't think of directly when this first came about. And I think it's very important because, you know, again, Steve's general manager, he's in the, he's in the know. Uh, he suggested that whenever the season begins, because of the logistical nightmare of changing game times and tickets and all that, that there is a growing sentiment that they're just going to pick up the schedule the way it is. Meaning that if the game start on, on June 1st, we just go from June 1st on. If it's June 15th, we go from there on so that, you know, the fans know, hey, if I have a ticket for July 15th, I can go on July 15th. Uh, that could cause some issues with an unbalanced schedule, um, you know, because obviously then we're cutting off, you know, chunks of games. Maybe you play an opponent less or, or maybe you play a more at the end. But I, I think that that's the way things seem to be leaning. Uh, and I also think that we've heard a lot about, you know, the CDC put that 50 day person thing out for eight weeks. If that's the case, we're into to late May. You know, I've heard Memorial Day. I've heard June 1st. I'm kind of hopeful that we start things up right around June 1st and that at that point, whether there are fans involved or not, that, you know, the, the games are played basically the same. I don't want to see double headers every other day. I don't want to see them trying to scrunch extra games in and all that kind of thing. I say if we play 120 games, 110 games, whatever it might be, that we just play that amount. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. And Ray, do you have a concern one way or the other? If you're Rob Manfred, do you say, all right, we're going to start on June 1st, everybody go get ready at home or amongst their friends, and they just unleash the pitchers and the catchers and say, you guys are going to have to kind of get your arms ready and get back up to speed on the fly? Or do you think they're going to try and build in a week or two to let those guys loosen up their arms and actually try and get in in preseason form? Yeah, I think they have to give them some time. And the question like you wrote, raised there is how much time, Um, you, you know, Baseball, and this is the thing, people say, oh, you know, you tell them on a Tuesday they're ready and then on a Friday they play. It's like, no, that's just, yep. you know, yep. that's not how it works. And I think that's the problem we're all dealing with as, as people that cover the game, as analysts, is trying to determine how do we figure who's ready and who isn't. I mean, who's going to go home and they've got family concerns and they're you know taking care of this and that and they can't train? Who's going to go home and all they're going to do is train? They've got facilities in their backyard, so they don't care. They can just blast away. We don't know. You know, what shape are these guys going to be in when they say, let's go? So there's going to have to be some time. What I think is likely to happen is there will be probably a couple weeks, as you suggested. I think that's fair. 
And then we'll probably see a lot of teams, you know, running modified setups. You know, we'll see teams using a lot of openers. We'll see teams using pitchers for three or four innings and kind of build it up. Because I just don't see there being enough time to get these guys, the majority of the pitchers at least, up to, you know, throwing 95, 100 pitches on, in week one. So we might have to see that slow ramping up as the games are being played. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, it's it's going to be uncharted territory for for all players, but specifically for pitchers and specifically for, you know, the two extremes. I think veterans and rookies are going to have a, a more difficult time this season um, with it kind of being an alternative schedule. Do we do we how do we bet this, I guess, is my question. You know, when we usually bet Cy Young or something like that, do we see a better chance maybe of a reliever winning the Cy Young this year? Um, you're, you mentioned people are going to be much more experimental uh, with with the amount of pitches that they throw and the amount of innings that they're going to play, especially early on. How, how do we bet early on? You know, the weather is going to be different. We're no longer going to be playing when it's cold out. Uh, more, more than likely, we're going to be starting deep into the summer. Um, just kind of quick thoughts here since this is a betting podcast. What are your initial thoughts here of how this kind of different type of season and length of season is going to affect the betting market? And the yeah, I wouldn't lines? do it. I wouldn't do it. Um, it, it it's <laughs> risky enough. enough just in general, you know, guys. You're but right when we start that. throwing in these these uncertainties, I mean, there's a real concern here. I the the issue that we have to deal with obviously is the injury factor number one. Uh, there's guys that are injured, whether right. it's you know Paxton or, or Carrasco or Sale going down with the Tommy John, Verlander, Clevenger, all these guys are hurt. You know, guys like Clevenger and Verlander who we were nervous about, Paxton as well, you know, maybe they're ready to go on, on day one, you know, and that's a huge difference. Rich Hill who, you know, with the Twins was was going to be out till June, maybe July. Well, instead of him missing, you know, two-thirds of the season, maybe he misses a week. So I think that if we're, if we're going to be laying, you know, cash down at, at this time, it's just risky because we just don't know uh, mm-hmm. how these guys, how they're going to perform, how they're going to show up health-wise, and then dealing with these these guys that are coming back from injury, dealing with how teams are going to handle youngsters, Dealing right. with the fact that originally we had rosters in September that used to be 40-man. Now they were condensing him to 28. Do they roll that back this year? I don't know. So, yeah, there's so many moving parts. I think it's very difficult to get a good handle on laying down some cash. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that there. Um, and I guess, you know, this is the first year with the new bullpen rules and with a shortened season and, you know, bullpens being used more and more with more modern managers like a Dave Roberts, for example. Do you foresee even more bullpen usage, Ray? And, and if so, how do you think that affects uh, the way in, in which you know relievers are brought into the game? And, and will there be a traditional closer-like role anymore? Or are you just going to use your best reliever in high-leverage situations? Yeah, that's been a running debate. Obviously, in the fantasy world, we're looking for those guys that you know rack up 35, 40 saves. And as time goes on, we get more guys in that 15, 20 range because mm-hmm. teams are, are more willing to as I termed it, you know, play spreadsheet baseball. Um, you know, back in the day, you'd, you'd bring in Goose Gossage and he'd throw two in the third innings and get a save. And it didn't matter who was up. He's just firing 97 and there it is, right? And, right. And then LaRusa came along with Eckersley and it became more of a, you know, let's throw the guy for an inning kind of thing. And then teams had that defined role. And now they don't. And, you know, part of that is because of, of you know, the health of, of players. Part of that is because teams are much more cognizant of, of using guys two, three days in a row. Maybe they use their, mm-hmm. their number one guy a couple days and they flip it the other way. Maybe it is a matchup issue, though. Hopefully there is some alleviation of the you know seven relievers using a game because of the new rules that are being implemented. But it, it's really tough to know um, how teams are going to handle it. I, I do know that we have to pull back our general expectations. I mean, we had one guy with 40 saves last year in Kirby Yates. It's just a different world. So you have to adjust your sights accordingly. And uh, I think that there will be a lot of teams that will do probably more mixing and matching this season than they have in the recent past. Let's not forget that, what was it, 41 42% of all innings last year were thrown by the bullpens. So teams are already more than willing to go with those bulk relievers. 
uh, or just guys, you know, frequently based upon the matchups. Yeah, and to kind of follow on on that, I have a theory, Ray, that possibly veterans, guys like John Lester or David Price, are they going to approach a, a shortened season the same way they would 162? Or do you see those guys saying, well, if I'm going to play 40 or 50 less games this year, I can just unleash the dragon right away and just dial it up and try and bulldog through? Do you think those guys could have value in a fantasy draft? Maybe you want to target them a little earlier because they're not going to have to go a full season. They're going to be making less starts. Or do you think it's going to be business as usual? Great question. And um, I wouldn't be targeting John Lester. I think he's past his prime. I think that David Price, you know, the, the issue with him is health and missing these time, this time at the start of the season, you know, gives him a little bit of a breather. And as you're pointing out, it, it does shorten the season as well, which could lead to more of let's go for it mentality. I think it also comes down to look, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting around with the team before the season starts and I'm the, the management and everything. And I say, look, you starting pitchers, I know you want to throw seven innings. Well, we've been telling you we'd like to get six from you and be happy. This year, we're taking five from you. So get your 95 pitches and let it rip. I think that it's very feasible that teams do that. They're going to be more than willing to probably move guys in and out, as we're discussing here. The role of the bullpens will probably be increased a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the veteran arms, a guy like David Price, if he can stay healthy, might very well do just what you're suggesting, saying to himself, I'm instead of looking to throw 105 to 110 pitches, I'm just going to look to go 90-95 per game. And if I'm making five, six, eight, ten less starts this year as well, why not yep. just give it my 100% all at the start? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, I, right. I feel like those guys have to have to gauge. I mean, that's what they do, right? I think that's kind of the appeal of baseball is the 162 aspect. And I, I find it fascinating to see what's going to happen and how things are going to change if they're playing half as many games. Um, I know that there's the the rules to speed up games and things like that, but the appeal to me and, and maybe to you too, Ray, if you're kind of a diehard baseball guy, right, is that that marathon uh, made baseball what it is. I think that's what separated it from other sports. Yeah, it's, it, in, it's something that I've been writing about a lot, actually, over at Fantasy Guru, um, trying to get people more involved in the fantasy aspect of this, because what I see happening is that baseball is kind of aging out, at least in the fantasy game. There's a lot of people that are in their 40s and 50s that have been doing this for decades, and you know, the younger generation's not picking it up. I, I, I played baseball, I've coached baseball, I've talked about it, I've written about it, I've done everything my whole life. I was even an umpire for a while. I've done everything, and to me, the game is really appealing. Now, I'm also the kind of person, if you look at my bookshelf, I've got 750-page books on there <laughs> that I've been reading my whole life. So I'm a different kind of guy. The young kids today, they, they all play basketball. Mm-hmm. My right. brother's got a 10-year-old kid, and all that kid and his friends want to do is shoot hoops. That's all they want to do. Yeah. So the world, I think, is changing a little bit in, in the form of the immediacy. You've got, you know, your cell phone's more powerful than my computers when I was in college, those kind of things. So I think that the... The aspect of baseball that drew me to it is still there, and that is the longevity. That's the three-hour games where you can talk to your friends sitting next to you. It's looking at the box scores every day. And a certain segment of the population loves that. A certain segment of the population is moving away from it. Mm-hmm, certainly. Again, this is episode 37 of Believe in Betting LA. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. We're joined by our special guest, Ray Flowers of the SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. You can follow him on Twitter, at Baseball Guys. And let's bring it back to the local market here for a second, Ray. The Dodgers 
are the odds on favorite to win the title at three to one. And these odds are from our friends over at VegasInsider.com. The Dodgers, of course, made a big splash acquiring Mookie Betts and the aforementioned David Price. Um, of course, they bowed out early in the postseason last year after back-to-back World Series losses. The Angels also made a big splash this offseason. They're at 25 to one, Ray. Do you think either of those two, uh, I know we talked about earlier the uncertainty, but mm-hmm. the Dodgers at three to one, Angels at 25 to one to win it all. Either of those two, a good bet in your mind. Well, the Dodgers, I mean, it's hard to to turn away from them. Um, you know, they've been there. They've been so consistently successful over the past decade. You mentioned the Giants winning the World Series, but still, we know the Dodgers win-loss record. They had Mookie Betts, who's probably one of the top five players in all of baseball. They had Cody mm-hmm. Bellinger break through last year. Corey Seager got his footing back. Uh, they're, they're hoping to get full-season work out of Will Smith and Gavin Lux. So that offense, boy, that's, you know, if those guys stay healthy, it's it's rock star. Mm-hmm. And one thing that the Dodgers have done, as well as any team of late, is, is that managing the pitching staff uh, and in fact there's a lot of people that say they've done it in a kind of hinky way right using the, the <laughs> il and sliding guys in but they've been very effective at doing that uh, they also added alex wood um you know julio urias is a guy that mm-hmm. this year because Finally of healthy. the short yeah because of shortened season all of a sudden he's closing in on the pack in terms of workload so that's there they you know they've got the the great ending with jansen so i really do ov- obviously like the dodgers but i'm also a big fan of the angels i think the angels are you know, much more of a sneaky play, depending upon who mm-hmm. you talk to. There's some interest, there's not. But I, I think the, the, the biggest key for them, obviously, is the addition of Rendon and the, the return to health of Listella, if he can be the guy they had last year, and Justin Upton. Uh, Justin Upton has always been one of my favorites. He's Mr. You know, 30-90-90 every year, and last year was a mess. If he is healthy, that really extends that lineup out, and if they can get enough pitching, which is the issue for them, if they can get the pitching... Maybe they can compete. I think they need to make one more addition to that pitching staff. And that could be something that kind of I was thinking, if you are a GM, and this is probably something you've discussed with Steve, is is there going to be any worry about adding a guy in a shortened season? Are they going to be able to acclimate quick enough? Are they going to get with their teammates? Are they going to be on the same page? Do you think that's going to prohibit any kind of movement uh, in the middle of a shortened season? Or do you think these guys are just going to approach it as a – if we're the Angels and we need an arm and we've only got 20 games left, we're still going to go for it, you know, regardless of the fact that we're playing a shortened season or, or a wonky season or anything like that. Yeah, it's a great question, Chris, and it's kind of like what the people do in the fantasy game as well because there's there's a different mindset if you're doing a, a redraft league where every year you, you put a new squad together versus a keeper or dynasty scenario where you're carrying players over. And I think that's the same question that these general managers are going to have to ask themselves, and that is where are we in terms of our development? You know, if, if we think we've got a chance to win this year and it's a race, right, it's more of a sprint like we've been discussing here, more of a sprint than a marathon, maybe making that one move makes a difference. And, you know, maybe we're willing to, to send out that prospect or something like that to make an addition. Now, you know, a team like the Angels, they're not going to trade Joe Adele. I mean, they're not yeah. they're not doing that. But, you know, maybe prospect 13 or 12 or whatever, maybe they're willing to do that. So we'll be fascinating to see what general managers decide to do. And, and the, the, the likely way this plays out is that, you know, with a shortened season, it stands to reason that more teams will be involved in the pennant race because yep. there won't be that you know amount of games to separate the wheat from the chaff, as you will. So that might mean more teams are willing to go for it. Yeah, got it. Uh, really appreciate your time, Ray. I wanted to kind of divert to a, to a fun question. Okay. You've been doing fantasy for years, 20 years, 19 years. What is the harder question to answer? And this is probably not something now, but 5, 10, 15 years ago, if somebody asked you, 
what you did for a living or if somebody asked you what saber <laughs> metrics were what is the more difficult thing to explain in the past the, the more difficult thing to explain would not have been saber metrics i don't think anyone even knew what that term was or meant so i don't think they, <laughs> they were afraid they were going to mispronounce it so they would never ask uh, it would be the other side of things and it's it's hilarious because I've been playing fantasy for like 30 years. I've been doing it full time for 19 years. I did it while I was in college. So I've actually been doing it for like 23, four years. And when you're a college kid and, you know, you're not you're not a rich guy and you're not fancy or anything like that. And, oh, yeah, I do fantasy. You're trying to date, right? It's cool. Oh, yeah. OK, you do fantasy. Cool. <laughs> when you're 28 years old and you live on your own and you're telling women on dates, hey, I do fantasy. They look at you like you're an alien. Like they don't know, and in their mind, in their mind, you literally live in your parents' basement. That's what they're thinking, right? And it's like, no, this is actually I get a check, you know, four hundred one. Okay, so I, I think it was it was that aspect of things, and um, now everyone kind of knows what it is. We got sixty million people playing fantasy sports and all that, but yeah, fifteen mm -hmm. years ago, you, it was it was tough on the dating scene when you said I'm a fantasy expert, and they just laughed. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure it was a, a much different industry when you started uh, 15, 20 years ago. Um, again, we're joined by Ray Flowers. You can follow him again on Twitter at baseball at baseball guys. That's plural. Were you a duplicate? Did you clone yourself, Ray, or is that yeah. you just always been a baseball guy and you wanted well, to be plural? Yeah, I tell you what, Sam. I've done. I do so much work. People think they're two of me. I often yeah, go, you, yeah. you guys do great work. I'm like, no, it's just this guy. Um, originally, actually, I, I had a, a blog. Well, uh, yeah, I had a blog set up that was baseball guys, and there were negotiations back in the day. I don't know if you guys are familiar with football guys. Mm -hmm. Sure, um, sure. We were trying to work out a partnership there, and it never quite happened. So back in the day, I just ran my own site, baseball okay. guys, and then you know I've worked for all these companies since. And I just never lost the handle. Got it. Well, that must be great in the dating scene, at least. Well, you, you do enough work to have uh, to think yeah. multiple people. There you there go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, we really appreciate your time, Ray. You can find him on Sirius XM, the fantasy sports radio, The Drive is the co-host, and you can follow his work at baseballguys.com as well. Just one final question on the way out here, Ray. You're obviously a baseball guy first, but you do do some football stuff during the season. Got to ask you, what are your thoughts on Tom Brady today officially signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It's going to be weird to see him in a different jersey. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely bizarre. Um, and of all the places he could go, is that the worst in terms of the optics of it? Like the <laughs> orange and the buck? I mean, no yeah, history yeah. there. I mean, it's just um, – my thoughts are that he obviously has two wide receivers to work with and Godwin and Evans that are terrific. Um, you know, they've, they've got options at the tight end position as well. He's used to Gronkowski – um, you know, he's got options there, too. The, the real issue for that team on offense is the running back position. Yeah. Um, they were bad last year. They couldn't move the ball effectively on the ground. Um, no one distanced them to self. We, you know, Peyton Barber is a, a veteran that, you know, is a chain mover at best. Uh, they just jack could, at, at yeah, best. Just a guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's be honest, right? Yeah. So <laughs> they're, um, they have to establish the running aspect sure. of things. And I don't. I mean, they're going to have to make a move. Uh, we saw Todd Gurley just um, agree, apparently, with the Falcons. So that, that chip was off the board. That would have been pretty amazing if he ended up in Tampa Bay. But they've got to do something either through the trade market or through the draft to help that component of the team. Uh, but we have heard through the grapevine that a lot of veterans are interested in going there because of Brady. Uh, so he'll get that two-year run to see if he can bring a championship to Tampa Bay. Right, right. Awesome. It'll be weird. You know, Melvin Gordon's still out there. Potentially they make a run there or, or certainly Devonta Freeman or someone in the draft. I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, to say the least. But the Buccaneers all of a sudden are Super Bowl contenders with Tom Brady. And we, we expect him to be uh, as good as he's been in the years past. So, Ray, thank you very much for your time. Good luck with the rest of the quarantine. You bet, Sam and Chris. Thanks for having me on. And you guys stay safe, too. Thanks, Thanks Ray. Ray. Take care.
That was Ray Flowers of The Drive, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You can find him uh, on Twitter at BaseballGuys, plural once again. And he is a baseball guy first and foremost. But as you saw there, he also is a fantasy football guy as well. So we'll be back with more Believe in Betting LA. Now I want to talk about our second sponsor. While you're waiting this out at home with us, and make sure while you're waiting at home, you are waiting it out with us, checking out our podcast, checking out all the other great Believe podcasts. You can still have some fun betting, Chris, believe it or not, uh, believe it or not, I should say, at betonline.com. I know we're lamenting here. This should be day two of the first round of March Madness, but unfortunately, there is no March Madness. There is no fantasy leagues, but BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack and, Chris, sports are not done, as we mentioned before. The Brazilian Soccer League, the Turkish Soccer League, we've got Mixed Martial Arts, American Idol, the elections are a great thing to bet on. We've got the spelling bee coming up, and of course, in the summer, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest from Brooklyn, from Coney Island. That's going to be on July 4th. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.com and use our promo code MYPOD100, that's MYPOD, M-Y-P-O-D-1-0-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, for our listeners, Chris, 50% off with our promo code mypod one zero zero. That's betonline.com. Bet online where the fun never ends. All right, let's talk about something that's a very serious subject right now, Chris, and that's virtually every single one of these NBA teams having confirmed cases of the coronavirus. Yesterday, it was revealed that two members of the Los Angeles Lakers team were diagnosed positive for coronavirus, and so no surprise because the Lakers are around a couple different teams that have confirmed cases of coronavirus. We've talked about it before. The incubation period for this virus takes many, many weeks. So even if you think you're healthy, you could spread it on to people. And that's exactly what's going on here in the NBA. And so we don't know the players yet, uh, but two different Lakers do have it. And they're continuing to test different members of the organization. It came out yesterday. The Marcus Smart has it on the Celtics. We heard earlier this week, of course, four members of the Brooklyn Nets, including star Kevin Durant, also tested positive. So this is getting... Very real, very soon here. Of course, the public as a whole are, are frustrated that NBA players, especially with no symptoms, Chris, are getting these tests when your general public cannot. So I just kind of want to talk about it. I, I think it's it's becoming more and more unlikely that we see a resumption of this NBA season. I, I just don't see how we can have all these confirmed cases of coronavirus and have a season. But what are your thoughts here on, on, on the Lakers testing positive and, uh, and different members of the association getting the positive results from this coronavirus? My mom asked me, Chris, why are all these basketball players getting tests? What about everybody else? And I said, Mom, money. Let's be honest, money. My God, the money involved. Um, Not a lot you can do. These guys share airplanes in locker rooms. They're just obviously sweating against each other for hours at a time. It was bound to happen. Once Gobert got it, um, it was going to be dominoes. You know, half the the league and staffs and coaches and players are going to end up with it. And... Unless there is some great news probably in the next two weeks that says everything we've done has worked better than we thought. Um, you know, people are recovering. Everybody feels uh-huh. great. I, I just don't I don't foresee. And, and it, it kills me because this is right. one of the major things we bet on. Uh, I don't foresee an NBA season coming back unless we get really good news here in the next two or three weeks. Um, it just, you know, it is what it is. Uh, they have to look out for the. The long term of their of their workforce, um, they can't have people yeah. can't have people in the stands. That's a that's a big a big knock. So I'm I'm sure Adam Silver is sighing mightily, you know, hoping that they were going to dodge a bullet. But there's just no way around it with the practice. This is why the social distancing thing is the mm-hmm. is really the best medicine, right? And those guys just spend way too much time and are way too close to each other. 
Yeah, and it's a shame, but, you know, really my hat's off to Adam Silver for shutting down the league when he did. Otherwise, this could have um, ballooned way, way bigger than it already is. I mean, we're already seeing the effects, and, you know, we've been without NBA for 9, 10 days or so. It would have been a lot worse yep. if these players were spreading it around to the every single member. I mean, we would have had a 80 90% positive test rate for the NBA had this had this league even kept going for another couple of days couple of weeks so my hat's off for Adam Silver doing the right thing and we'll see what happens obviously we all hope to see um you know this this 2020 season and the postseason play out but we obviously understand this is this is a lot bigger than sports this is a lot bigger than us and uh I I trust that the league and Adam Silver will do the right thing and if we don't get a rest of the season as you mentioned it is what it is so at least we're still getting uh, NFL offseason. It's, it's, it's weird when we have unemployment at 20% that, you know, players are signing for, for millions and millions of dollars. But, uh, you know, big business is the NFL. And um, we're, just, we're just happy to have some sort of normalcy return to our lives here. Even if it's just, you know, Tom Brady going to the Bucs or whatever. It's, it's, it's fun to have something uh, to look forward to and something that, that resembles uh, a real, you know, mid-May. So any final thoughts here, Chris, on episode 38 of Believe in Banning L.A.? Uh, it was awesome having Ray on, awesome talking about baseball. I really, really hope that we get some sort of normal season in baseball. You know, 80, 90 games would be great. Uh, I think this will be a hard thing. You know, as, as time goes on, we're going to need uh, sports. Uh, we're going to need entertainment, you know, to watch, especially with people hanging out. And there's only so many times you can you can rewatch the same show on Netflix. So I hope, I hope we catch some good news. I hope the leagues figure something out to at least get some sort of competition uh, out for there sure. for people to consume. Oh, and speaking of competition, did you cap- happen to catch the uh, ESPN BPI simulated March Madness of 2020? Did you catch the, who, who won the championship in that, in that simulated tournament? I, I, I did not, but what they should have been doing <laughs> before you tell me is those games, why they aren't streaming, you know, video game matchups yeah. on ESPN two, like 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. Like here's the he 96 does. bulls playing, you know, whatever the 80, the 85, uh, uh, Lakers or 85 Celtics or something like that. And just let them simulate out the game. Like, what are we, what are we doing here, folks? Well, ESPN, the Ocho is coming back. So you're getting something fun. <laughs> uh, and if you can't tell by my tone of voice, the four seed Wisconsin Badgers actually defeated in St. Marquette Duke Conference rival Maryland and BYU. I mean, if that would have actually played out in real life, uh, <laughs> I'd probably not be living anymore. So I would be uh, just so excited that that would have been a fun ride. So I am in the process of ordering my 2020 simulated championship T-shirt <laughs> from the various websites that you can acquire those things. So uh, that, a, a lot of us Badger fans got to kick that. Uh, and the Badgers on an eight-game winning streak to end the season. You never know what would have happened. That that simulation only gave them about a 1% chance of winning the entire tournament, and uh, it happens in, in that particular simulation. So, All right, well, episode 38 of Believe in Betting LA. Everyone, hang in there. Stay positive. We're going to get through this together. Uh, it's only a matter of how and when. But we want to, once again, urge people to listen to our public officials. Stay inside. Only go out if you need to. If you, if you can get groceries delivered, do it. If you can help out others. Uh, please do it. This is a time where we all want to come together, build community, be there for each other. And I think we speak for all of the Believe Podcast Network in saying that, uh, you know, do do whatever you can to help out the people in need, but be safe about it as well. Practice social distancing. Wash your hands. I've been washing my hands uh, like it's a game, you know, 25, 30 times. <laughs> you know, pretend like there is a bet. Chris, I bet you you cannot wash your hands over 30 times a day. I'll even give you two to one odds. And guess what? You're going to win that bet every single time if you take this seriously. So I will wash those hands. <laughs> Wash those hands, be safe, and I know you're flying coming up here, so travel safely as well. This was episode 38 of Believe in Betting LA. We want to thank, again, Ray Flowers of the Baseball Guys for coming on as our guest today. 
For Ray Flowers, for the baseball guys, for Stag Capital, for the Bleed Podcast Network, for Chris Lewert, I'm Sam Maxwell. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.